The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. Hey, it's Chris Jericho. You're listening to the Rough House Podcast featuring the sexiest beast in all of Maryland and surrounding areas, the illustrious Chris. And Marty. The opinions expressed in the Rough House Podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the WWE, Lucha Underground, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, GFW, are they even still a thing? MCW Pro Wrestling, CZW, Nads Flappy Sack, Marvel Studios, Kellogg's, Frisky's Cat Food, Ted Turner, Jameson Irish Whiskey, Fruit of the Loom, Hershey's, Samsung, Amblin Entertainment, Groundskeeper Willie, or the cast and crew of The Walking Dead. Since the dawn of mankind, those in professional wrestling have turned to the Pro Wrestling Podcast to gain insight into how to do their jobs, how to create angles, develop new characters, and create fiery feuds with which to capture an audience's attention. What better group of individuals than basement dwellers on internet purchased microphones to guide the hand of a multi-million dollar industry? We're proud to present one such podcast courtesy of the Realm Network here at the Rough House where black people and white people watch wrestling and Hispanic people too and all people. Hi, everybody. Welcome <laughs> to the Rough House Podcast. That weird Cartman-esque thing you heard in the background is my co-host, Christoph. Hi, Chris. I may still be a little drunk from last night now that I'm thinking about it. Hi. <laughs> and I just realized I took the... Uh, I'm Marty, by the way. I, I took the yeah. bold step of calling you my co-host, when in reality, since you have seniority, I'm your co-host. You know what? It's... it's I don't care. You know what? <laughs> You're my uh, you're my brother in podcasting. Uh, it's it's equal equal share except for the Patreon. Yes, and of, uh, <laughs> of which our, uh, of which just to remind the listeners, I make zero percent of. <laughs> yes, you've never asked. You've never no, asked. No, I've never asked. I've never offered, but you've never, never asked. asked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> By the way, that's two Patreons I'm a part of that I make zero dollars from personally. <laughs> You're a uh, you're very giving with your content, my friend. <laughs> Apparently, very giving indeed. Someone called me an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least at least you have your journalistic integrity. At least there's that. <laughs> yes, that's right. I am I am an internet podcasting journalist. Uh, you know what? I, I'm going to jump right into this uh, this one here. Um, there was a local scandal this week, uh, a semi-local oh, scandal this week. Yes, that, that involved an internet journalist, Chris. Do you remember who Chris Cruz is or was? I had to Google him because everybody's like, this guy sucks. And I'm and I'm thinking, I have no idea who this guy is. So Chris Cruz was uh, a commentator for the C-level WCW show, WCW Main Event. Uh, it was the Sunday night show that they had. Didn't even know that was a thing. Yes. So basically, WCW Saturday night up until Nitro was the mothership, of course. There was WCW Main Event, which was on Sunday nights on TBS, which was basically a recap show of the week and sometimes a pre-show for pay-per-view and, and that sort of thing. Um, he was the, uh, at least in terms of vocal tone, he was the Mauro Ranallo of his day. He was he would not throw out like the pop culture references that Mara did, but he had he had the same sort of voice, you know. 
Um, so he's like a, a Pettengill meets uh, Morrow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But since WCW folded, and I think I can't recall if he stayed. I can't recall if he actually stayed all the way through the end. He might have been like part of their syndicated shows and that sort of thing. But um, he's done nothing in professional wrestling. And for whatever reason, uh, Chris Cruz has a bee in his bonnet about the entire existence of AEW. By the way, video watchers, all handful of you will note I'm wearing an AEW hoodie. So question my journalistic (laughs) integrity. I will just explain it by I'm in my basement and my basement is cold. Therefore, put on the heaviest hoodie I own. Anyway, um, he's got to be in his bonnet about AEW from the jump. Uh, he's done a lot of posting and grandstanding about how they're going to kill the business and they're going to screw over the boys and whatever, which is an odd stand to take considering they got more people paid. And also he doesn't work in pro wrestling anymore. Right. Is he, so I guess he's of the, not, not so much the corny era, but more, uh, you know, somewhere in between a corny and a Russo. Yeah, yeah. Like his, I, I think that's an accurate placement of his interests. But also his timeline in WCW was, I want to say, early 90s to closure. So like he wasn't around okay. for like the prime NWA days or, or anything like that. Anyway. Gotcha. Uh, this past November, AEW was in Baltimore and they had full gear and the main event of said pay-per-view was, of course, Kenny Omega against, uh, I was going to say John Moxley and that is his name. I almost said Dean Ambrose. Yes. I got confused for a second. Anyway, Kenny Omega. Jonathan Good. Yeah. Kenny Omega, (laughs) John Moxley, they had a lights out match and they had all the plunder. They had glass real or fake who mm-hmm. knows they had a barbed wire bat real or fake who knows mm-hmm. they had a Was there broom with barbed wire yes a barbed wire broom um yeah. they tore up the canvas uh and of course they had the big spot onto basically a barbed wire trampoline um a trampoline net trampoline <laughs> homer you're gonna have to start making sense <laughs> um <laughs> uh <tra-pa-lo>. um but <laughs> But I'll be honest, that was clearly faked because, well, they were able to very easily get the guys out of there and no one was bleeding. Yes. Anyway. Right. For those who are not familiar with the rules and regulations in our backyard, the Maryland State Athletic Commission still regulates professional wrestling as if it is a true sporting contest down to the point where individuals have to be licensed yeah, I know. <laughs> yes, I yes, had a license yes. for for a cup of coffee. Uh, totally lied, by the way. I think mm-hmm. the statute of uh, limitations is up on this. I yeah. said I trained for like fifty hours. It was two and a half. Uh, I, I I I don't know, Chris. Uh, Mr. Cruz may be listening. He may be out there. He is an independent journalist. And uh, uh, well, he, he uh, there was no, there were no bloods. There was no bloods in my match. I may have I may have uh, broken one of Justin's ribs by stomping him <laughs> a little aggressively <laughs> at one point uh, for that story. Go back to one of the OG Patreon episodes yes. where Justin and I break down our, um, our our cups of coffee in the ring. Yes. Um, and a reminder, I myself have never stepped foot in a ring. Uh, so, and, and I, that's, that's going to retain, that's not changing. I, I am... <laughs> You're not going to start training. No, I, no. I could call Gilbert, man. He no. can, uh, <laughs> I got his I, number. I, I'm sure at the age of 35 is a great time to break into the industry, especially now. Um, 
you know what ddpy get yourself <laughs> going on some ddpy yep uh you know uh to get somewhere call an uber and uber. um you know get some omaha steaks to beef up your protein pun intended yeah. and uh you know first for your gear try some me undies <laughs> offer code roughhouse yeah it will say that code not found um yeah. <laughs> code not valid a- anyway they'll um, actually charge you <laughs> yes that's true so uh chris cruz took it upon himself upon seeing this match to go to the maryland state athletic commission and report the violations Snitch like a bitch. Yeah. Uh, it came out this week that AEW has subsequently been fined $10,000. So $5,000 for, for two separate offenses. Uh, yes. For the uh, 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 offending uh, match. And um, to give the comment from Chris Cruz's Facebook, because motherfucker doesn't even have a website. Chris says, and I quote, Look, the easy thing to say in response to the 10000 fine uh, levied on AEW by the Maryland State Athletic Commission is that, is, the, is that it is pocket change for a billionaire. I get that, but it ain't nothing. And it is public or will be on May 20th when the commission meets and then posts a consent order on its website and distributes it to all other commissions throughout the country. And keep in mind, the next violation will result in a revocation of their license in Maryland and a possible show stoppage. In the middle of a match. That was two separate sentences. Uh, the commission is on notice now that others are watching its uh, its actions. This puts AEW on notice as well and embarrasses the company. By this time tomorrow, the story will spread far and wide. And it will appear in mainstream publications. This is a black eye for AEW and for the business. Of course. No. <laughs> that was earlier this week. Um... So far, the only places I've seen reported on it are Fightful.com, the Twitter of noted wrestling writer David Bixenspan, and, of course, the Wrestling Observer website. So, yeah, that mainstream pub, ESPN, has been nonstop talking about this $10,000 fine. For those wondering, some of the other commission rules beyond bleeding, because bleeding's always been pretty well known. There's there's an infamous uh, Ric Flair-Lex Luger match that got stopped by the commission. I think it was Great American Bash in the early nineties, uh, because of bleeding. Um, so, well, here, before you go into that, yeah. here's a question that, yeah. that match wasn't even the bloodiest match of that night. Yeah. Is it only because it was planned and intentional that they got the fine? Because yes. Cody, you know, when he did his stupid to, to, uh, tope onto the platform and mm-hmm. landed uh forehead first, yes. uh, gashed himself up real nice that night. Yes. Legitimate blood is allowed. Okay. Striking so Brock, Brock is safe in Maryland. <laughs> well, um, some of the other prohibited activities per the commission rules, and I quote, slamming an opponent into a ring post, striking okay. an opponent with a foreign object, okay, pulling hair, and deliberately leaving the ring enclosure during a contest. You've described every single wrestling show Full stop, especially WWE, considering their favorite thing to throw to commercials, someone gets posted. Yeah, yeah, or and or thrown out of the ring. Yes, I I recall seeing a um, oh god, what was it? It was a I think a flag match uh at in WWE. I think it was Rusev and Cena. Yeah, uh, at the arena during like a payback or something like that. It may have been after uh, Mania Thirty One, which is when Rusev came out on a fucking tank. 
Yes. Um, it may have been that payback. Uh, anyway, yeah, the rules are bullshit. Um, and uh-huh. I would imagine aren't strictly enforced. I mean, I know, you know, uh, from my dealings with local pro wrestling and even with Ring of Honor is that they did have uh, a doctor, uh, you know, tell me both times that I had high blood pressure uh, before. Uh, he's like, yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm just all worked up for the match. I'm psyched, man. He's like, okay, yeah, you'll be fine. Uh, <laughs> you know, it was, <laughs> good luck, fucker. Um, and I went out there and, and didn't kill myself or anybody else. So uh, cheers to me. But, yeah. you know, come on. <laughs> it's 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 very, very silly. It, it's It's incredibly silly. Uh, and it was made even more hilarious th- this week. Uh, again, this only got Twitter, Twitter, uh, Twitter traction. Uh, so, you know, uh, who who really saw it? Probably not too many, but I saw it and I thought it was hysterical. Uh, someone made a clearly fake invoice from AEW. Oh, yeah. I saw yeah, that. yeah. Showing <laughs> off the uh, the number of of different people who they're paying off on a regular basis, including a David yeah. Meltzer and a Brian Alvarez, Brian Alvarez and, yeah. and uh, the voices of wrestling and, yeah. and et cetera. Uh, and it could not have been more clear that it was like uh, a Microsoft word document yeah. where someone just put the AEW logo in the background. Right. Fucking cruises in the comments going, can you confirm the legitimacy of this report? How oh, was this obtained? Moron. <laughs> even if you looked at the numbers for each of those people they were astronomical yes uh it's yes. clearly um satire in jest it's may, may as well have been kayfabe news yeah i also enjoyed the fact that apparently they just randomly give like thirty thousand dollars to tiktok yeah <laughs> well i mean the flim flam bit you know could have been I, some kind of I, I guess I, Although I would imagine TikTok would have paid for that time. Yeah, uh, or, or they would get, have worked something paid. out with TikTok as opposed to making a fake name. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, you slice it. Uh, idiots were idiots this week, and they were shown uh, shown on uh, the highest of platforms. So. Well, if anybody knows uh, Chris Cruz, tell him to get a fucking hobby. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a more constructive one. Yeah, yeah. I, I, other than randomly chasing down state athletic commissions for funsies. L- no, look. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and say, like, oh, AEW uh, did not act, you know, against the rules of the commission. They did. They probably knew what they should or shouldn't have done. I think there's a bigger conversation as to whether or not those rules are ridiculous and unnecessary in the year 2020. Sure. The fact that pro wrestling even needs to be relegated, regulated like that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I've gone on record saying I didn't really enjoy that match. So I don't have any, you know, personal bias towards this five star masterpiece of storytelling that right. it was. It was right. it was a fucking plunder match. And I'm I'm not a, a huge fan of those. So, you know, it was all for naught is what I'm saying. Tony Khan, you foolish son of a bitch wasting ten thousand uh, dollars that could have been spent on, you know, uh, getting Marco stunt some supplements or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Juicing him up to the gills. Yeah. We want to see his heart explode. <laughs> oh, my God. Could you imagine him getting yoked at like five foot nothing? Yeah, it's called Ray hysterical. Mi- it's called Ray Mysterio Jr. Like three years <laughs> into his WWE career. Touche. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Remember when when Ray uh, came back like Royal Rumble a few years ago, and we're like, "Oh man, he looks great!" Yeah, it's called cycling down. And that's that's yeah. what it was. Yeah. Um, anyway, anyway, I digress. Uh, yeah, that's so dumb. Really, my 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 biggest worry about this is 
between the not so great turnout for the full gear pay-per-view and this they're just like we're never going back to baltimore ever probably not for pay-per-view i could imagine a dynamite hitting uh or something like that but yeah yeah but uh i would say baltimore definitely let uh <laughs> as a whole as a city let uh let aew down that yeah. crowd i it's so weird, Baltimore crowds, man. Yeah. It's just they're at, at any show I've been to, especially at the arena. I think it's just because Baltimore's full of morons. <laughs> um, Baltimore and surrounding areas. Look at yes. you, uh, Rosedale uh, area. Um, <laughs> Chris just shooting his shot right now. Fucking hate Rosedale. <laughs> shooting, brother. He's shooting. Uh, Suck a Rosedale. Um, yeah, the people. <laughs> The people, uh, people from Baltimore suck. Uh, they're notoriously terrible crowds, hot and cold. I still remember vividly being in the crowd the night of the debut of the Wyatt family, and this fucking asshole busts out a Husky Harris uh, chant, yep. and I wanted to remove one of the chairs from the arena, which would probably be easily done because the arena is 115 years old yes. uh, and just bash that guy's skull in. I probably would have gotten fined by the Maryland State Athletic Commission, but it would have been worth it oh, yeah. to see the Husky Harris chant guy uh, get bludgeoned to death with a uh, inanimate object. All that said, Verizon Center, very nice. Very nice. Go That's a lovely, lovely on. arena. Yeah, yeah. Anytime. Anytime, AEW. Anytime, you you know, when you're able to run shows again that aren't in weird situations of possible viral transmission, we, we'd love to see you guys. Speaking of viral transmission in AEW, uh, you know the fun uh, postscript of, uh, of, of this week, right? Oh, God, now what? <clears throat> okay, so UFC 249 was last night. And right. I'm, I'm not gonna bore uh, bore you, Chris, with UFC talk, or thank you. Uh, ruin my my stature as a professional wrestling journalist by half-assing the conversation about UFC 249 because a I didn't watch it, and b I don't know much about modern UFC. What I do know is this: there was a fighter who was still on the card, I believe, uh, who tested positive for COVID-19. Nice. That fighter wasn't the only one who tested positive for COVID nineteen. His cool. His two uh, his two ringside assistants. Uh, his his um, there's a term for that. His cornermen. That's what it is. <laughs> his two cornermen tested positive. The UFC roster for UFC two forty nine was staying in the same hotel as the AEW roster. Oh no. Yup. Everybody was in Jacksonville this week. <laughs> oh fuck. Yep. So uh, there was a there was a big push this week on AEW television and AEW's podcast talking about all of the the precautions they were taking and how everybody was getting tested and you know they did the antibody tests which last I heard only were like seventy six percent accurate but still they were doing all the tests and but no combined one turned up with positive. the with the swab test uh, yes. gives you a better chance to know of what exactly is going on and they yes. did both. Yes. Uh, any way you slice it, though, there's a non-zero possibility that they were exposed to COVID-19. So <sighs> we'll see what happens over the next two weeks. So fucking Dana White yep. is responsible for this. Yeah. No, uh, he, he absolutely should be. And uh, the thing that I thought was particularly amusing was when the news came out on Friday, the official quote from UFC was about how they did all this testing. And the fact that they found these positives was proof that the testing was working. 
Okay, I mean... They're not wrong. The test Yeah, worked. but that's not... You're bearing the lead here, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's also worth noting, spinning out of that UFC show, that if anyone wanted to collect their purse, they had to sign a non-disparagement clause. Oh, you sneaky bitch. Yeah, so... Dana, Dana White's a fucking slimeball, man. Yeah, he, he has gone off the rails with this thing. Like... I kind of thought of him as, you know, a, a meathead fight promoter for a long time, but being exposed secondhand to, to uh, all this UFC stuff, because Dave Meltzer won't shut the fuck up about MMA, um, and and finding out that... Uh, he's, a, he's a journalist, that's why. Well, yes. Uh, finding out that Dana White believes that this is overblown by the, the quote-unquote pussy press... Uh, I'm just. Oh, uh, he's the affliction Vince McMahon. And yes, fuck him yes, yes. Uh, okay, you know what? They, I, I want let them let them two go in a room together and fucking you know jerk off to each other in opposing corners so it's not gay. Um, fucking weirdos, man. Yeah, God. I I, Meanwhile, day fifty-seven people. over here at the uh, the quarantine house. Good God. <laughs> <laughs> Is it is it is it bad for me to say I hope Dana White catches it? Is that bad? He's not on a number one on my list, and man, my list is getting real close to getting checked off. I almost got COVID bingo. <laughs> got a couple assistants walking around certain wings. Yeah, we're uh, yep, you know. and those numbers keep popping up. I'm <laughs> yeah, Secret Service too, apparently. So <laughs> it's uh, going great, going great. Let's well, uh. <clears throat> then again. Yeah. Then again, our our UK listener listeners plural possibly <laughs> uh, can attest that even if they get COVID nineteen, it doesn't end the way you want. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, a uh, funny thing about uh, total fucking sidetrack uh, yeah. about the uh, about the UK is it costs a lot of money to ship things over there. Did you know yes, that? Very much so. <laughs> it does. So I have been selling my uh, my WWE pops, as you are uh, keenly aware. And I had a on a pop price guide, which is the price guide for pops. Um, oh, you don't say. They have they have their own uh, resale site, Hobby DB. Yeah. So uh, you can set like shipping, and I always you know my shipping is like six bucks for a domestic shipping for pop. And I had a message from a guy saying, "Would you ship to the UK?" So I'm thinking, uh, I mean. I personally am not opposed, but you're what paying. What could it cost? You're yeah, you're paying the ridiculous, uh, ridiculous whatever. He's like, yeah, I'll pay. You know, because he wanted like he wanted a dozen, mm-hmm. a dozen pop vinyls, uh, and there was a three pack of uh, the New Day in there and a two pack. He wanted the Enzo and Cast two pack, which I was more than happy to get rid of. Uh, <laughs> Because uh, he's a, you know, th- they have variants with stickers, and the stickers in the UK are different than the stickers over here, right? Because they don't have Barnes and Noble or Walgreens or shit like that. Those are, yeah. you know, he wants the ones with the uh, those stickers. Anyway, right. dude picks out twelve pops. We have like, a, you know, back and forth, all this stuff about shipping and getting it all done. Uh, I pack them. He buys them all, uh, like two hundred sixty dollars worth of pop vinyls. And um, he's like, okay, here's uh, 70 bucks for shipping. If it's more than that, let me know. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll PayPal you or whatever. So I, I packed them up real nice and tight and safely in this box. Mm-hmm. And I, like, start pricing out shipping. Uh, like, go to the uh, Yes store. Uh, venture a guess as to what a, an eight-pound box of uh, toys costs to ship to the UK. $150. For UPS. 
Um, no. For okay. UPS, it was more than that. Go ahead, just give me give me another. Uh, two twenty. <laughs> Three hundred and sixty dollars. Jesus Christ! What was this like overnight? What the fuck? So that was UPS, and I was like, "No, thank you." Uh, so then I went to like uh, the Postman Plus, and they like yeah, could yeah, give yeah. me options of a bunch of different places. FedEx, it was uh, two fifty, mm-hmm. and the USPS was one hundred fifty bucks. So cost one hundred fifty bucks to ship that box over. And I got home and I took a picture of that receipt and I sent it to him I'm like, hey, man, this was the cheapest option. And he sent me the, the PayPal to, yeah, to make yeah, up yeah, for yeah. it. Um, so it was, it, was a, it was a good transaction. It was just like shocking how oh, much yeah. uh, it, it is to, to ship something uh, over to the UK. It was Skelmersdale, wherever the fuck that is. Skelmersdale. Not familiar Skelmersdale. with it. Well, yeah. Granted, my, my, uh, knowledge of the UK, yeah, my knowledge of the UK is London and Newcastle. Because I work with a company there, so that's that's all upon I got time. for you, folks. Yes, Newcastle upon Tyne. I've 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 been Tyneside, sir. Tyneside. Yeah, yeah. So that, that sounds like that means you know. that means literally walking by the river. <laughs> it's it's Bayside. nowhere. Yeah. I, I stay Bayside. Yeah. <laughs> Go Bayside. Bay, Bayside Bay, Tigers Bay, rule. Yes. Are they the Tigers? Yes, they are the Tigers. Tigers. Okay. And that reboot looks like garbage. Nib high football rules. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's a remake. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's gonna be on on NBC's streaming service Peacock. It's okay. About, it's about their kids. All, are they all there? No. Did, no. No. Lisa. No Screech. I was gonna say, yeah. Dustin Diamond seems a little uh, volatile these days. And I, from what I understand, Lark Voorhees is a little. <laughs> as well so yeah she got a little uh extreme yeah in, in the not so fun way yes but uh the <laughs> the um the trailer showed uh, elizabeth berkeley and um was she so excited yeah she she, <laughs> she did not bring up the spano ratio which is okay. too excited to one scared um <laughs> uh, but uh but slater and zach were both in there zach is now Ooh. zach is now the mayor of uh of their city <clears throat> that's the thing and the max is back of course you know what i kind of wanted it to be like a uh unofficial uh sequel to like franklin and bash where he was like a washed up lawyer <laughs> who got disbarred yeah. and had to go back and be uh yeah. principal at bayside or who whatever the governor uh, he's something like that he's he's one of the two i I remember, I remember reading the um, the log line when they were talking about. By the way, wrestling podcast. Yeah, by the Bell you know, talk. Um, I remember reading the log line when they were talking about all the different shows, and it actually sounds really bad. the The concept is, I think he's the governor. Zach's the governor of California, and he decides huh. to merge lower income schools with higher income schools, so all these like kids get slammed together in Bayside. That's a terrible premise for a show. It's fucking grim, is what it is. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 not where that's not the yeah. cheery, you know, no. hanging out at the uh, Mac or wherever it was they hung out, out, throwing out the timeout and all that stuff. Yeah, None of it. Yeah, uh, but there was that a uh, trash. A, be- a brief trailer which got released and yeah, it looked like garbage. Um, that's that said, am I going to check out that uh, service day one? Yeah, it's free. So what the hell. Um, they're not charging for it. They there are a few different <laughs> tiers. There's a free tier. Um, there's a like five dollar a month with ads, and there's a ten dollar <clears> a month without ads. And gotcha. uh, they've already figured out their way to get people's money because that's where the office and Parks and Rec and all that are going to. Or you could just buy the shows, but that's besides. The yeah, point. 
so they're going to remove Parks and Rec from Hulu and uh, mm. Netflix. Yeah, I, I I get the feeling that all the NBC shows are going to slowly move off of Hulu. Um, they they haven't yet, but I have a feeling that's the direction we're heading in. Son of a gun. Yeah. Need my Parks and Rec. To, I need to rewatch that for the fifth time. Yes, yes, exactly. Because it's so, better than The Office. Don't at me. I, I don't disagree. Uh, it, it, it ended earlier. Therefore, it never lost the, the luster. Although that first season is garbage, but that's me. There, there, there were some moments. There, there were enough moments for me to continue on in season two when they figured their shit out. But yeah, yeah. Then once Brandanowitz was gone, then it was full steam ahead. Exactly, exactly. N- notice he was not on the Zoom call, by the way. No, I was kind of wondering, like, was, is he gonna, is he gonna pop up on this bitch? <laughs> Weirdly enough, uh, he popped up in a movie. Uh, I was watching a couple weeks ago, uh, the assassination of uh, Jesse James by the coward Robert, Robert Ford. Ford. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck's Brandanowitz doing in this? It yeah. was bizarre because I hadn't seen him in any movie ever. And it had been years. I guess I, I don't know when that movie came out. I guess it was. Slightly uh, I think it was around time. the time of the first season. of. Parks OK. And Rec, All right. So. Well, that makes a, a little yeah. bit of sense. But yeah, that's that was that was odd. Yeah. Fucking Brandanowitz. Yeah, I know. Um, anyway. Elsewhere in the world of professional wrestling this week, uh, the revolt had their talk is Jericho session. And I have to say, of the the three quote unquote big Talk Is Jericho uh, podcasts, Moxley, uh, Brody, and these guys, yeah, definitely number three out of three. It is it, all it really did was confirm everything we thought we knew anyway. Like there yeah. wasn't some grand revelation beyond perhaps right. that they considered doing the comedy hammer pant gimmick. Yeah, and, and that's a credit yeah. to those guys for you know. Yeah. Being, uh, I guess, seeing and, and once they explained what the you know story was supposed to be behind it, uh, that being that tag teams aren't taken seriously, so they're just going to be the most ridiculous things ever. Yeah, I, I guess it makes a wee bit of sense. Right. Uh, I'm not sure how it would have worked in execution. Uh, probably not well, uh, <laughs> but. You know, at least I give them I give the guys credit for, you know, being at least agreeable uh, to do it to a certain point. No, I, I, I'm I'm definitely with you on that. And I think it is a, a credit to who they are as, as people. Um, what I did think was interesting was they don't at least and they could have been kayfabing the the podcast. Um, they don't have a destination yet. And they were right. talking about the possibilities of, oh, we could go to Impact and work the North. We could go to Ring of Honor and work uh, the Briscoes. Uh, the Briscoes. We could go to New Japan and work Gorillas of Destiny. We could mm-hmm. go to AEW and finally work the Bucks. I almost wonder if it would behoove them to go the free agent route for a little while, especially with everything going on, yeah. to have those different matches and then decide to sign wherever. Yeah, certainly, because there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of good possibilities out there for him, and they could probably make pretty good money just doing that, you know, handshake agreements to to come back, uh, you know, and circle back to whomever they want to sign with. But yeah, uh, just to go around and uh, not lock themselves down immediately seems like a good idea. But, you know, at the same time, we don't know when anything is going to get back up and running. I mean, right. New Japan has just canceled shows through June, I think. So uh, Best of the Super Juniors is completely done. Uh, Dominion looks like it's not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, Wrestle Dynasty at MSG got right. pushed back a year. 
um, which was a real heartbreaker for your boys here, that's for sure. Yeah, but I definitely wasn't looking forward to getting on the uh, on the old Acela up to New York, surrounded Fair. by a bunch of sick people, and then deal with New York, you know, the fucking epicenter of the U.S. in terms yeah. of uh, the old yeah. COVID. So no, 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 uh, I'm, I'm with you. It's just oh, that was a, a, another bit of my summer that's officially gone down the tubes. Uh, which... Just just right off the year. I mean, yeah, come on. yeah. I, it's, I, I it's... admit it's it's complete first world problems to say that, but yeah. Yes, true, but yeah. you know, don't don't plan on doing anything big until 2021. <laughs> is is what my gut's telling me. Yeah, yeah, and even then, uh, I. Uh, I have some friends who run a very large event in twenty or, or in the beginning of the year, and apparently their plan right now is, um, yeah, we're gonna act like we're gonna have one in twenty twenty one, but we're probably yeah. not gonna have one in twenty twenty one. So yeah, you get know, that, it's uh, just... get that deposit back from the Gaylord fellas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but remember, have them cancel you so mm-hmm. you get your money back. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Learn from WrestleCon. Yes. Um, one more bit, uh, about kind of, uh, it kind of ties into a former WWE person, just a random story that came out this week and then the, the kicker to it. So WWE, because they don't have enough hours of programming has another new show coming out and this is going to be on A&E, Chris, the arts and entertainment channel. Yes, it is called, uh, this is the working title, the quest for lost WWE treasure. That's got a ring to it. And it is a docu-series focused on the search for lost WWE memorabilia. Triple H and Stephanie (laughs) McMahon will host the series as they lead a team of collectors on the hunt. Why are they hosting this? Aren't they fucking busy enough? Well, uh, the fun part of all this is apparently this is a show that Zack Ryder has pitched multiple times. Oh, what a bunch of cunts. That is fucked up. Yeah, it is. If there's anyone who would be perfect for that sort of thing, it's him. It's Zack Ryder. And, yeah. And fucking Brian Myers. Uh, yeah. Like Hawkins. They, uh, Hawkins. Yeah. yeah, they would have been great. Like, it, it would have been 100% in the real house. It would have been an extension of their whole major wrestling figure podcast, or whatever the fuck it's called. That, that whole... Uh, cottage industry that they've built it would have just been the perfect next thing why did Triple H and Stephanie need to host this fucking thing like it, it is, is the idea the, this is the only thing I could think of when I heard this story was the idea is to put more of a public facing look at Triple H and Stephanie as the face it's of a the PR WWE. show yeah yeah yeah, yeah, to to basically give them their you know wonderful world of Disney moment where it's like these are the fine people running world wrestling it's, entertainment. It's it's WWE's prop culture with Triple H and staff. Exactly, and see that's the other thing. Like, there's literally a show like this, which is fantastic. Uh, I haven't watched it yet. Uh, oh I, I man, look forward to yeah. it. but there's literally a show I'm... like this produced by Disney. And it's not yeah. fucking Bob Iger going, well, let's see if we can find ourselves some of our memorabilia. Like, yeah, they got they got a schmuck, a schmuck like you or me. Yeah. Who's, you know, a fanboy to go around. Well, he he's a collector of movie props, but, yes. you know, so, you know, he knows what he's talking about. But still, uh, and I'm not, you know, saying that you need to find some fat schlubby basement dweller to host this show uh, for WWE. But it's it just seems a little, hmm. I have no odd. doubt that's what the team of collectors is going to be made up of, though. Oh, 
Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. You see the people who bring the replica titles to the, to, yeah. to live shows. Yeah. And then there, there's another part of this, which I, I got to thinking about, which is, don't they have all their memorabilia in that fucking warehouse? Like, wasn't there a YouTube channel or a YouTube show that was built around the WWE archives? And it's just the giant warehouse where it's like, oh, look, here's the here's the uh, coffin Kamala was buried in. And there's the Nitro set. And like, don't they yeah, have so all it, of this? Is it is it is it merchandise that they're going to be looking at like old old merchandise like you know uh the original wrestle buddies from 1989 yeah, 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 yeah. or or, or so something just, like that and not so much as wwe memorabilia okay i mean like yeah we know where the smackdown fist is we know yeah. where the you know the old uh and i know the where old... where the hell it's not and where it should be <laughs> on tv every week right yeah exactly fox come on you're yeah. paying all that money. Demand yeah. the fist. Demand <laughs> to get fisted on Fridays. It's Fisting Fridays with yeah. WWE SmackDown, starring Alexa Bliss. That that could have been our out. We could have just said to the show there. <laughs> um, Ten out of I'd, I'd fucking yeah. I'd, I'd get a digital tuner and start watching immediately if it was I've, I've Alexa no, Bliss getting fisted. I've no doubt that you would, Chris. I've no doubt that you would. But or yeah, even Nick Cross, for that matter. Well, I think we know. Well, I, 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 I will just go ahead and say is sometimes you see girls where you're like, I'd like them to be into that. And then sometimes you see girls where you go, they're probably into that. And <laughs> I think you've just I think you just described I only it. as as much as a beast that uh, Killian Dane is. I would love to see that tape just to see how fucking wild it gets. It's just going to be nothing but his hairy back in frame. You and I both know this. Hey, well, you know, I'm a hairy guy, so, you know, it's, <laughs> it's not uh, it's not something I haven't seen. Anyway. But it's more more Nikki Cross's, you know, yes. um, excitement or, uh, 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 well, you know. Charisma. Chir- uh, charisma. Yes. Chim chimney charisma. Uh, before we get into our recap of the two Wednesday night shows, because those are the shows we are most dedicated to on a weekly basis. Uh, I wanted to discuss one more thing with you, Chris. What would you like to discuss with me, Marty? That would be the quote-unquote erasure of Roman Reigns. So, since Roman Reigns said, yep, I'm out in the middle of tapings for WrestleMania, Roman Reigns has not been mentioned on television. To the point where they did a video recap of the, uh, the great heist of uh, of Seth Rollins talking about how mm-hmm. he's Mister Money in the Bank, mm-hmm. um, and they did not show Roman Reigns in that match at all that he ran in on. Um, yes. So the current running theory, the pet theory of the internet, is that Roman is persona non grata right now. How do you feel uh, about that, Chris? I look. I'm sure that Vince McMahon is internally pissed off that he doesn't have Roman Reigns right now. Um, I'm not sure how much of the human side of Vince McMahon is left to be understanding of the situation Roman Reigns is in, both being a immunocompromised and having newborn twins uh, or his wife is pregnant with twins uh, with another set of twins and another kid at home. Um, He 
Roman Reigns, uh, stand-up guy, looking up for his health and the health of his family. Yeah. And I don't think there's anybody with a soul who would judge him for that. From a business point of view, Vince McMahon has to be pissed. Uh, but to the to be pissed to the point to, uh, well, A, not mention him, which I guess makes a little bit of sense because if the guy's not going to be around for a little bit, you don't want to remind people of that. Um, but at the same time, to erase him from a pivotal moment in WWE history, it's pretty questionable. Um, I, the only reasoning I could think that they did this would be to try and put over Seth Rollins a little more by making it seem like he beat uh, Brock Lesnar at yep. that point. Yep. But also, um, we know that's not the case. And it pisses me off that... They continue to rewrite and erase certain parts of uh, triple threat matches for Mania uh, and stuff like that, which, again, is a different situation. No I idea what you're talking about. I shouldn't about. even have brought no that up. No idea what you're talking about. But. Triple it, H tapped out to no one in front of 20,000 <laughs> screen fans in MSG at the end of WrestleMania 20. Yeah. So uh, it's, I, I think, I don't know. I don't know if it's just tinfoil hat people saying it, it's a conspiracy. Um I, I don't I'm not sure that there is, you know, there was a memo passed down from, you know, the top penthouse of Titan Tower saying edit, uh, you know, don't show his face on TV again or something yeah, like that. Yeah. I, I'm not sure it's that far. Uh, probably somewhere in between. I I am thinking that it is that the um, that as these things normally go, that the folks on Twitter who are like, oh, you know, this this has to be a. Uh, a, a conspiracy or that sort of thing. They're, they're taking the l actual logical thing a step too far because um, the other person who has a similar situation right now, um, well, there are three that I can think of overall. I, I, I don't know what's going on with Sami Zayn, so I'm just going to eliminate him from this conversation. Right. Uh, the other guy I can think of is Kyle O'Reilly. Kyle O'Reilly yeah. is not allowed to work right now because he is a diabetic and he is immunocompromised, so he's not allowed to work. He has not been mentioned on NXT. He's not been shown on NXT. Therefore, I think it is a, a similar situation with Roman Reigns where it is the WWE process of their way of putting smiles on faces and not addressing what's going on in the world is to the point of complete erasure of things that may remind you of what's going on in the world. Therefore, they don't mention it. They don't act like anything's weird or unusual. They don't act like anything's different. And therefore, they don't even show a Roman Reigns, a Kyle O'Reilly, etc. Because that will lead down the path of, well, why isn't he there? Oh, yeah, because people are sick. Oh, no, COVID. Oh, no. Like, it, it is it is an over uh, overdone way of doing it. It, it is an overcorrection. But right. I I think it is less malicious than people want to believe. What I don't like about it is that it's just insulting to our intelligence and our memories because we say. remember that moment very vividly. And we know that Kyle O'Reilly is a part of the Undisputed Era, um, even though the Undisputed Era is still a part of major storylines in, in NXT currently. Um, and it, I just hate 
I, I hate the way they do that. I hate the way they pick and choose what they want us to remember at, at any moment in time. Um, and then, you know, they have every right to flip flop and then edit them back into another, you know, package, uh, yeah. when, when, you know, six months from now and hopefully he's back or something like that. It's just I, I, I hate that they that they do that. Yeah, I will say it is kind of funny to me, though, that um, right now, two thirds of the shield have been memory hold and they're like probably the most successful thing of the past 10 years yeah. for WWE. Yeah. Pretty much. Two thirds of it don't count anymore. So, and the other third nobody cares about. (laughs) Well, (laughs) anyway, um, (laughs) Money in the Bank is tonight, folks. If you watch it, I hope you have a good time. Uh, Chris and I both, of course, have said that we have canceled our subscriptions to the network. I will say I may uh, sail the seas at, at least to see what the fuck they end up doing with this Money in the Bank ladder match. I'll but, be on Twitter. I'll see some clips, but I'm not watching yeah, the show. Yeah. Um, but that's probably the extent of what my level of interest is. I will say to me that there was no greater uh, example of standard WWE booking continuing to be WWE. Um, for the past few weeks, they've built up this return of Jeff Hardy to the ring. And the one person who's been most most outspoken about Jeff Hardy's return to the ring on SmackDown is Sheamus. And he won't stop talking about how, you know, uh, Jeff Hardy is, you know, a liability and a train wreck and all these things and all these things. And the two had uh, an actual face to face confrontation this past Friday night on SmackDown to the point where uh, Jeff got the upper hand, hit the twist of fate, hit a uh, senton bomb on Sheamus. So I'm proud to tell you that Jeff Hardy will be in action tonight on the pre-show against Cesaro. So on to the Wednesday Night Wars. (laughs) Wait, what? Cesaro? Yep. Jeff Hardy versus Cesaro on the pre-show tonight. Why? On Money in the... Didn't you just hear me explain the (laughs) storyline? But the bar is no more. They're not not a team anymore. Yep. So Wednesday night we had... (laughs) Fucking hell. (laughs) I saw that. Like, I thought for sure when I saw the post, oh, they fucked up in the headline. Somebody wrote Cesaro instead of... Sheamus, like it's got to be Jeff Hardy versus Christ. Sheamus, right? Nope. Pre-show match, Jeff Hardy making his big in-ring return against Cesaro. Cool. <laughs> Jeff Hardy is like one of the like four most Teflon people they have in the company. Like considering how many times that guy has, in any other sport, ruined his career. He's the John Jones of WWE. <laughs> he really is. He really is. Or is John that Jones one, and Jeff Hardy? Because I guess Jeff Jeff was doing all this first. Well, yeah, I, I guess. Um, but uh, John Jones a little more high profile. Fair. Um, I guess that uh, that handshake from uh, from the Undertaker, uh, or you know, the nod, yeah. really goes a long way. Twenty years later, I guess so. I guess so. So dumb. It's, Can't wait to not watch that WWE uh, Undertaker documentary, though. I've heard it's actually really good. Fuck the Undertaker. I know. I know. Anyway. You your old MAGA balls. Go eat a chode. <laughs> the Monday Night War. Monday Night Sorry, Wars. Sorry, Wednesday Night Wars. The Wednesday <laughs> Night Wars had two big shows, as we had not quite a takeover on NXT. And we had the first live show in about six weeks from AEW coming from mm-hmm. Daly's place. Both shows were loaded. 
And uh, if you ask me, one over-delivered while one dramatically under-delivered, but we'll get into it. Chris, would you like to get into NXT first or AEW Dynamite? Let's get into NXT first. All right. So, uh, again, this was basically the big build-up build-up show with two title matches and a big debut, plus the guaranteed explanation of one Finn Balor about who attacked him. So let's see how it all came together. The show kicked off with Johnny Gargano against Dominic Dijakovic. Gargano now having a new heel theme, which frustrates the piss out of me. I, I, I recognize sometimes heel themes worked out great, but I just remembered how great it was when back in WWF era, people would keep their themes no matter what. And themes that usually had like a positive t- tune to them just had a different weight because the person was a heel they didn't go oh you know let's let's uh let's turn the music because even johnny thinks he's still the good guy so why isn't he coming out to rebel heart yeah what i really wanted is like a uh, a drop d tuning new metal style version of rebel heart yeah you know i like i like the the remix for the heel turn sort of thing that yeah. would have been that would have been a, a good call. I don't even know who's doing their music now because yeah, Jim not... Johnson got let go and CFOs are no longer there. Yeah, I, I have no idea. What I will say also is on the heel theme, if the clap, clap, clap slowdown is not just a one-time thing, it's going to get really irritating real fast. You just got to turn it into like a fucking breakdown. Just... Yeah. Yes. You know, yeah, there fucking you break it down. Uh, break it down. So the thing that I thought was kind of funny was uh, Dominic Dijakovic, uh, easily a foot taller than Johnny Gargano. Oh, yeah. And Gargano played the heel and Dijakovic played the face. And yep. it really didn't feel super right. But I, th- I thought the match on the whole was pretty OK. It was, it was, you know, for they made a good story out of the, um, you know, the size difference. And Johnny worked smarter, not harder to to pick up uh, tainted, if you will, maybe a yeah. little little cheap uh, victory yes. there. Removed the uh, the turnbuckle pad, launched uh, Dijakovic into it and then hit his uh, slingshot DDT um, yeah. for the W. Which now is called uh, One Final Beat, like their, uh, like God, their don't match. remind me of that shit. Yes. Uh, you never, no, that's a bad idea. Yeah, that's 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 like that's like a Randy Orton renaming the RKO the forty minute fight on top of a fucking trailer. <laughs> like, don't remind me of that shit. Just keep it what it is. Uh, only thing I have to say beyond uh, what you said about the match is, uh, is there such a thing as a uncomfortably ripped? Because that's what Gargano's at now. Like, <laughs> I'm a little worried. Like, a stiff wind is going to split his skin, and we're just going to see him like you know the, a skinless man, like you'd see at Body Works or something. Like, it's <laughs> it, it, it's it, it, it's looking a little a little creepy. Well, yeah, you also had a uh, dark Candace out there yeah. with uh, with him causing a distraction, all that sort of BS. I do so. enjoy me some dark Candace. Oh, for as much as we enjoy like fish nets. as much as we joke about how the uh, arc for every NXT woman is they're the plucky baby face, then they become dark, whatever. It's worked yeah. pretty well in some cases. Yeah, <laughs> especially Io Shirai, who we'll get to momentarily. Yeah, well, has it worked out again? We'll talk about that. Well, um. In terms of my boners, it has. Yes. Uh, and I recognize you watched a Hulu cut, so sorry if you didn't catch some of these things. Uh, yeah, I'll the let you know. Imperium duo of Fabian Eichner and Marcel Bartel cut a promo 
explaining Definitely did not see the, that. Uh, explaining why they attacked Matt Riddle and Timothy Thatcher. They formally okay. challenged uh, uh, Riddle and Thatcher to a tag title match. So. Okay, that's next week, right? Yes. Uh, okay. Then we had Tozawa against Jack Gallagher in a Cruisador title match. I didn't get any of the Cruisador matches this week. I'm very sorry. This was... I will say you lost on six minutes of action total. Both matches were way too short. Um, And in turn, I don't really have a lot to say beyond me going, I wish they had more time. Uh, It's also kind of fucked up that Tozawa is 2-0 and he got squashed by Lashley on Raw on Monday. (laughs) Of course he did. Then we had uh, Chelsea Green against Zia Lee. Uh, Just pretty much a squash to put Chelsea Green over. Didn't see that. I do miss seeing Zia Lee, though. Big fan. Yeah. Uh, Aaliyah did come down during the match to act as a distraction, so it looks like they're doing find and replace with Aaliyah, where Diona Perrazzo was once written. Well, didn't Aaliyah and Zia Lee... Oh, no. She's, she distracted... Um, uh, uh, who was the other one? Chelsea? Yes. Reclusa? Um, <laughs> from her one appearance in Lucha on the Ground is yes. how I know her. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, Aaliyah does have a history with Zia Lee, but... Right, uh, okay, Lee so that's just dropped. Nose, but, cool, yeah. all right, got it. Anyway. Um, Sweet, thanks. Velveteen Dream cut a promo on Adam Cole to... Uh, Saw that, which was unnecessary. Trump up their match. Then we had the debut of Karrion Cross with Scarlet. Okay, let's do this. So, uh, to start on a positive... Their intro was one of the most bombastic slash ridiculous things I've seen on NXT television. It made it very clear from the jump that Karrion Cross and Scarlet are incredibly important people that you should quote unquote pay attention to capitals on the beginning of each one of those words. Yes. That said, the minute that it ended and you just had an empty fucking arena and awkward fog going around, it could not have felt more low rent and sad. The what really got me was the fucking cheesy hokiness of the lip sync. Because come on. I mean, you couldn't just give her a little fucking uh, Phil Collins mic yeah. to go out there and because it's and apparently her on the music anyway. Well, then what the fuck? Yeah, do you not trust her to remember the lines? Yeah. Um, it looked fucking like bad, cheap community theater to me. Um, I man. That that part and her like doing her weird witch dance around the ring. Enchantress. Like, <laughs> I am I'm I'm happy that like you know somebody I respect didn't come into the ring uh, come into the room and see me watching that for me to have to explain what the fuck was happening because that was some fucking cheesy ass shit and I typically like cheesy shit. This was this was this was a little cringe for me. Yeah. Um. And I I you know to your point the effort and the attempt at, uh, presentation was there. I mean, cross has a very imposing look physique. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, you know, from what I remember is good in the ring. So, you know, it, it's a, it's a big launch, but you know, as I saw people losing their shit over it on Twitter and then watching it, I was like, Oh guys, no, no. Yeah. For me, I, 
I was just like, oh, this would if this was at a takeover or something, people would lose their fucking minds. Like, yeah. you, you know, to have 15, 16,000 people just like right. losing their shit. But the minute that the artifice of the intro went away and it's like, here's crickets. Here's it's the- awkward silence. Clap, yeah. clap, clap, clap. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it, it just was weird. And then <laughs> then poor Leon Ruff got fucking shoot Marked. murdered. Yeah, <laughs> like. Oh god, the those suplexes look super dangerous, and yes, they did. And it, it was probably a little bit of uh, Cross being a little hype and a little bit of Leon Roth going, "I'm going to make this guy look good by landing exactly on my head." But right. oh my god, um, again, I, I I walk away from going, "Oh, this this is a guy we need to pay attention to. He's going to be a star. He's going to be some someone who people." Uh, get pushed toward them whether they want to be pushed toward them or not i will say it is kind of funny to me that a lot of the top faces in nxt take on triple h's uh everything <laughs> is he a face well, I well, well sorry not top to faces face. top guys i i will say okay. it that way it's it, it it all felt very triple h Oh, yeah. Overblown, ridiculous, you know, Steph coming down Mm -hmm. on the back of the Mm -hmm. fucking three-wheeled ATV, whatever the fuck it was. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I cringed at it. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, Like I said, I I think it would have been infinitely more effective in front of a live audience. And I recognize it's the world we live in right now, and they have to try to do these things, and it's not going to work because of it and, and, and what have you, but well, is it worth it to do it that way then if there is no yeah. live audience? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how it works. I, I, I don't know what the, the better solution is. We, cause we talked about this to the same degree about the debuts of Brody Lee and Matt Hardy over an AEW. And it's like, you have to do something, you know, you can't just kind of let them sit out their contract while we wait for no scene or whatever i get that but also do you have to pause for dramatic effect for a crowd that's not there as long as you do yeah you know yeah it's just i don't know it sucks that we're in the situation and that you know it's a trial and error process for these you know organizations to figure out how to get this stuff to work to a to just a, a TV crowd, um, and you know, more often than not, it hasn't. Yeah, and that's for both. That's for both brands. Yeah, yeah, I, I agreed. So uh, we had a video package to hype up the EO Shirai Charlotte Flair match. Then Matt Riddle and Timothy Thatcher did a promo with Mackenzie Mitchell. Mackenzie asked them about the Imperium Challenge. Matt Riddle said it wasn't up to him; it was up to Thatcher. And Thatcher said, "I think you knock them out, then I'll tap them out." Don't know if that's how it's going to work, but okay. Um, then we had the Io Shirai Charlotte Flair match for the NXT Women's Title, which I thought was pretty good until until the finish. So they had a really great match. Charlotte then pulled out a kendo stick and hit Io Shirai with it. The ref called yep. for DQ, mm-hmm. which what fart? Flair continued her attack. Then. Uh, Posted Io Shirai, which of mm-hmm. course is illegal in the state of Maryland. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. here comes Rhea Ripley. Yep, no music, just a just a straight run in. I, I will give her credit because I made fun of it in the past. It was not the intro. She did not do her stupid stomp. 
uh, before the stomp isn't out. stupid when she's not trying to run to rescue somebody. Fair that's point. that's when it's stupid. <laughs> if it's in her like typical intro and she's yeah. doing the big thing, and you, trying did, to look you never badass. saw Roman Reigns do the punch to the to the stage. Right, you don't run in. You don't do your signature taunt in a run in. Yeah. <laughs> it's just you, you fucking run in. That's yeah. why it's called a run in. It's not called a taunt and run in. Yeah, yeah. That uh, yeah. <sighs> okay, so this match is a match that has been on people's minds ever since Charlotte got back to NXT. Like, okay, this has to happen. Io Shirai and Charlotte. Charlotte won the title. Io Shirai won the ladder match. It's going to happen. They built it up. And then they fucking wet farted out, like you said, to this schmaz uh, DQ finish. And now what? Are we going to get a triple threat? I guess. Or or at least a match between EO and Rhea Ripley, because... Uh, after the match, there was a Rhea Ripley backstage promo where she was, you know, explaining why she was out there and, you know, how she wanted a piece of Charlotte. EO confronted her. They had a shovey match and pull apart. So I guess we're going to see those two against each other. Or our personal favorite here at the Rough House, partners with tension. It'll be like Ripley uh, and, and Shirai against Charlotte and who the fuck. Can they is. coexist? The Maybe match. Charlotte and um, uh, Candice LeRae. I don't know. Uh, yeah, just <clears throat> such a wet fart. And, and it was another one of those examples of something that happens in WWE all the time where they go, well, we booked this match. Mm, right. We can't have Charlotte lose the belt. Eh, we can't have EO win. Uh, uh, don't book the fucking match. <laughs> why, why can't you have EO win? <laughs> I mean, Cause Charlotte uh, needs to still have the belt so they can do the rematch with Rhea Ripley. I guess. Then why book the fucking match? Yeah. Kushida and Jake Atlas had a three-minute match in the Cruisador tournament. Who won? Kushida. Good. Uh, Kushida had a post-match interview where he vowed to be the next champion, then pointed to to the watch on his wrist tape with his new catchphrase, time will tell. Uh, (laughs) That's a terrible catchphrase. It is. Um, So you have have somebody going TikTok, and you have somebody saying time will tell. Yep. Yep. Okay. All right. Cool. Uh, Time Splitters 2.0. Carrying across the Kushida. KKK. I'm into it. (laughs) Time to play the game. Wait, that's not right. Um, Triple K. Yeah. And it's all Iron Crosses on there for some reason. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. Crossy's comedy classics. Yes. (laughs) Goes on for 10 more minutes. Um, (laughs) That was time for my favorite part of the show. Talk to the crowd. So Finn Balor came out for his promo to explain who attacked him. For some reason, he had a podium. <laughs> I didn't understand that from the jump. I was like, yeah, what? he's just like straight leaning on uh, on the podium. I kind of wanted there to be like, um, uh, like police academy style. There to be like a hooker uh, or you know Scarlet uh, under the podium, given uh, you know inflating ba- uh, little Balor, uh, <laughs> and then he you know. Finishes his promo with like some really high inflections when she gobbles the knob really good, yeah. uh, and then um, you know she walks out the bottom of the, the the podium. I basically want NXT to be Police Academy. Can we make, can we make uh, that at happen? this point? That'd be way more entertaining than what we got, which was Finn Balor going full two thousands WCW, talking about how oh well you know uh, I once thought oh sorry I I once thought <laughs> I once thought I once no, thought I, that the all, all I heard was. And, Biggest snakes yeah. in the place were in the office. 
All I heard was Guinness, Guinness McBlarney Stone blabble on about nothing for yeah. two and a half minutes, and I was uh, I was he, checking my email. He, here, are, here are your bullet points. The biggest snakes in the place were in the office, but he's not sure now. Uh, he said that okay. if you attack the guy, you get the push. And oh, so who? Breaking fourth wall. After the smoke and mirrors, you have to get in the ring with the prince where there's nowhere to hide. He said he was a patient man, but warned whoever attacked him. Instead of a push, it's going to be a squash. Oh. He's shooting, brother. Uh, so he's he's uh, he's principal breaking breaking a fourth wall, listening uh, to TLC. So, OK, in case great. you're wondering, he did not tell us who attacked him uh-huh. because he doesn't know who attacked him. But he said whoever they are is a snake and he's going to squash him. Snake in the grass. Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes had a squash match against Denzel Dejournette. Dejournette? Um, after the Denzel Dijonese. Yes. After the match, Grimes cut a promo where he brought up Finn Balor, and while uh, while he cut that promo, Finn Balor snuck up behind him, and Grimes said, "You know, if Finn Balor was here, I'd slap him." So here's a fun thing about that type of promo: that's supposed to be done in front of a live audience. Wow. Who's going? He's behind you. He's wow. behind you. Uh, anyway, they wow. um they had a little thing balor beat the shit out of them and then balor looked into the camera and said there's a snake hiding in the long grass and he's gonna find him and chop off his head so no grimes was not the guy who attacked him okay so he's just gonna sneak up on everybody's post-match promo and and beat him up yeah until he finds the guy who beat him up how will he know he was the guy who beat him up i have no idea i guess because cool i guess because he goes well i'm the one who's the guy that wants the push okay not a squash I'm going to take sure down thing, the brother. guy and kayfabe. <laughs> Let me tell you something, princey brother. <laughs> so fucking dumb. Your main event was Adam Cole against uh, Velveteen Dream. They had a whopping seven minutes. So basically they just cut to the final third of the match. It was there. Uh, without Velveteen Dream having a live crowd, man, does he not work. Yeah, it's the... Yeah, you're right. I like Velveteen Dream a lot, but a lot of it is his unique connection to the crowd. And it just felt like he was there. It felt like there was very little of a ch- there was a very little chance of him ever winning. And um we... then you get the overbooked madness with the UE and then yeah. you have oddly enough Dexter Loomis come out from under the ring all slithering is he a snake? Uh all you Maybe know... he's the guy who wants the push and and he's doesn't want to get squashed. Well, he's got some squashes. Um, yeah, it's ugh. yeah, yeah. No, yeah. This, this was not good. This yeah, was not a good yeah. episode for, for what was going to be a takeover level match on level. Excuse me, takeover level show on paper. It was a hot fucking fart of a show. It yeah. started great, but man, it just fell apart. Yeah. On the flip side, that's my reaction to NXT right now. On the flip side, AEW was live from Daly's place in Jacksonville, Florida, and we knew they were live because we could actually see the sun for the first part of the show. <laughs> uh, this was the first live show in about six weeks for AEW. Next week's episode is taped, and then they're right. back live on the twentieth, just before um, double, or, double nothing. or nothing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's just jump into it. Show kicked off with a recap of Lance Archer versus Dustin Rhodes from last week. Then we had the return of the AEW Dynamite intro proper with new faces in the intro. 
I was unusually excited to see that. Uh, and as the pyro went off, yeah, you got all that pyro. Jr. Excalibur and Tony Schiavone welcome us to the show. Everybody's there. Schiavone. And, and there was uh, about a dozen wrestlers shown sitting in the audience, socially distanced, at least in the crowd. Ish. Uh, and also random people's kids in the crowd, but that's besides the point. Yeah. Uh, and the show kicked off proper with Cody going one-on-one with Joey Janela in a match that I thought really over-delivered. Yeah, the bad boy and uh, the American Nightmare went out there, and uh, was a, there were a couple of little uh, sloppy moments uh, at first, but it turned into uh, to a, you know a near slobber knocker. There's some good stuff in there. Yeah, uh, Janela really showed he could hang with sort of the 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 upper lexicon of of guys in AEW. Um, I I thought uh, I thought this was a real coming out party for him. I mean, he had uh, late last year a few really strong matches with Omega. But uh, I like this a lot, and uh, also it looks like Cody was working a bit snug because uh, Janela's face was all sorts of red by the end of that show. Or end his of whole body trailer. was, yeah. chest was too, on his back. Yeah, he, he got a uh, got worked over a little bit. Yes, but uh, but yeah, it was it was a it was a good match. I I enjoyed it. It was good to hear, you know, uh, as much as I enjoyed Jericho and uh, Skiavone doing the the commentary. It was good to mm-hmm. hear Excalibur back. Same. JR was super annoying, um, and Tony was great as, as normal. So yeah, it was it was it was solid. Yes, a hundred percent agreed. Uh, finish was of course Cody hitting Janela with a crossroads, clean mm-hmm. as a whistle. Uh, and then we got a video package talking about the women's division and the champion Nyla Rose putting over four possible challengers to Nyla Rose. In uh, Britt Baker, Chris Statlander, Penelope Ooh. Ford, and Hikaru Shida. Isn't Shida already the number one contender? Haven't she, they been saying that for weeks? She is number one, yes. Uh, but they were basically putting over the other possible women who may be speed bumps for uh, gotcha. Rose. I, I thought it was a really good video piece just to put over the division as a whole. To basically say, hey, look, we know we haven't really done anything with the women for the past six weeks. Here's yeah. the, the landscape. Um Put over the division of holes. Yes. Uh, uh, Nyla Rose came out for a match, did a quick interview. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's okay, buddy. I'm a moron. <laughs> oh boy! All right, yeah. Uh, Nyla Rose, huh? Yeah, Nyla Rose cut a promo. Shit on Tony Schiavone. Which, Murdered a barely legal babyface. Which I really, really wanted uh, Britt Baker to hop over the guardrail and start talking shit because only only one person gets the shit on Tony, and it's her. Anyway, right. Uh, then Nyla shoot murdered uh, Kenzie Page was her name. Kenzie Page is a uh, student of uh, old Glenn Jacobs there. Yeah, I didn't know Glenn Jacobs trained anybody. That was weird. Um, MJF. Who who has the time when you're running Knox County? Hey, look, when you're letting them just kind of run themselves, you got time. Uh, MJF cut a promo. uh, It was a backstage pre-filmed to do with some very obvious green screen. It was a very, very good promo talking about how he's the next big thing (laughs) at only 24 years old. Um, yeah. he said he would, he says, uh, people compare him to flair rock and Piper. And he said, he's none of them. He's better, which I really, he's better liked. than you. And you know it. Yeah. He said he's injury free and he's going to return to television next week. Note that turn of phrase. 
Yes. We had a Sean Spears video promo for reasons I still haven't figured out, um, where he basically shit-talked Cody letting Dustin get beat down by Lance Archer. I did like the idea of people doing promos that put over other things in the show, but are we seriously back to Sean Spears and Cody? Well, I think something that AEW has been good at doing um, is just having just long-term stories that don't, you know, get mentioned every week, but it still kind of lingers in the back of your mind. It's kind of the opposite of WWE, where if you don't see somebody for a week, it's dead. It's like, oh, yeah, remember three weeks ago when Sean Spears and Cody had this match? And, you know, six months before that, when Sean Spears hit Cody over the head with a chair, they keep building on these things, and they have a lot of different ones simultaneously. You have Cody and Darby. You've got Cody and MJF story. You've got Cody and... um, uh, Sean Spears, you got Cody and Lance Archer, which seems like a lot of Cody. Yeah. But like I said, they're not all there each week. So it's, it's a lot of Fair. underlying Fair. stuff that you can just, okay, we need something uh, to happen here. Well, we've got all these different underlying stories that we could put the next uh, chapter in yes. at any given time. So back to the live show, Tony Schiavone in the audience interviewing Sean Spears and MJF. Hang on a second. Yeah. Hang on. What? Wait. He just said he he's good enough to not be on TV and he's going to be back next week. But there was MJF. Anyway, uh, Sean Spears, by the way, uh, sometime after that promo, had shaved his facial hair and he looked really weird without facial hair. Yeah. Yeah. It's this true. Is, this M- is why maybe that's how Peyton Royce likes him. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure. Anyway, they were complimenting each other, that sort of thing. Um, Sh- Tony Schiavone cut into the uh, the love fest between MJF and Sean Spears to let MJF know that not only does MJF have a match next week, he's been signed to face Jungle Boy at Double or Nothing, which I think should be really fucking good. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, to his credit, Sean Spears' uh, reaction face to that was pretty fantastic. I, I think MJF also did a spit take, which may not be yes. the best idea right now. Probably not in the post-COVID uh, or current COVID uh, climate, yeah. the old triple C there. But um, but for comedic effect, it worked. Yes. Uh, then we had John Moxley one-on-one with Frankie Kazarian. I don't know if this was for the title or not for the title. I don't think it was. Uh, but it started really slow, um, which resulted in, in, in me se- uh, between the way the match started and also Frankie Kazarian's weird hair. Yeah, it resulted in me texting Chris during the match saying, Josh Brolin is Randy Orton as Frankie Kazarian. <laughs> Which was a great text, and I appreciated that. Uh, but shortly after that, the match did pick up, and it actually kind of turned into a, to a slugfest. It had yeah, a, it, a, a brawly sort of feel to it. It was really good. It was yeah. really good. Um, uh, I mean, there were... Uh, they were trading John Woo-style drop kicks, which I thought was yeah. dope as hell. Um Fucking Kazarian threw out a knee bar. Um, you know, we're seeing a lot more of that Moxley, like, scrappy grappling style that I didn't really yeah. expect. Um, but the finish was uh, Moxley doing, like, the paradigm shift into this cradle pin, which mm-hmm. looked super smooth and super cool. Yep. I, I really enjoyed that. Um, so, unsurprisingly, Champ goes over clean. Yeah. Uh, but then here comes the Dark Order. And Dark Order starts beating down John Moxley. Yeah. Uh, SCU comes out. 
they get beaten down and mm-hmm. once everything's sort of under control here comes mr brody lee in a full-on vince mcmahon suit like that's yeah. the most vince mcmahon he's looked yeah straight up but he cut an awesome promo he said he was there to collect the bounty that moxley put on his own head last week because of course moxley in his promo last week was like hey you want to you want to fight me let's fight let's go um he yeah said, the, the promo was good maybe maybe drawn on a little bit yeah um you know less is more in, in, in certain instances. I know he yeah. can talk, but sometimes you don't have to give a full on bond villain esque uh, sort of uh, soliloquy uh, when you're, when you're doing this and yeah. t- in typical John Moxley fashion, after the mic is dropped right in front of him, Mox just goes, dude, all you had to do was ask, Yeah, which was just, you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, a, a fine, I like that well, a lot. A fine well, uh, in-character moment for John Moxley. There is one bit in the promo uh, that Brody Lee did that I really liked, which I thought was a nice touch. Okay. He made it clear that the problem wasn't with him and Moxley. The problem was <laughs> Moxley had the belt, and he needs the belt. Right. And I right. thought that was such a nice delineation from the standard pro wrestling heel, I hate you, I want to destroy you. He was like, no, no, this has nothing to do with you. You're just the guy holding the title. Yeah. Like, regardless of who would have the belt, they would be the problem. So uh, I I like that. And I did I hear on commentary that uh, Brody Lee took the belt? He absconded with the title. Correct. Yes. Yes. Because I didn't catch that during the show, but I thought I heard Tony talking about that. Yep. Anyway. um, And then uh, he tweeted out, I think, Friday, Mm. something like that, a photo of the title saying uh, nine tenths, as in possession is nine tenths of the law, which was a great, uh, a great bit there from Mr. Brody Lee. I like that. We had a Brandy Rhodes promo, which basically reminded me, oh, yeah, Brandy could cut a promo. Um, Talking shit about Jake Roberts firing back at him after all the shit talking he did about uh, her and Cody and this was the one behind the desk, right? Yeah. Yeah. This was the the one behind the desk. Yeah. Yeah. I like uh, the way that was shot. There was like a really just a slow back and forth pan yeah. on her that I think was, was really effective. Yeah. I, I thought it was really good and, uh, was going to be very quickly addressed. So Lance Archer murdered QT Marshall in a squash. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> um, uh, then during the bout, uh, there was a, a little back and forth where Britt Baker on the heel side of the crowd hit Marshall with a shoe. Mm-hmm. So Brandy took the shoe and threw it way deep across yeah, the arena. She got a cannon. Yeah. Um, Icebox Brody, Brody Rhodes, Bro, Brody, Brody, Brandy Rhodes, Brody Rhodes, Brody Rhodes, Brody, Brody Rhodes. Um, Lance Archer then, uh, murdered QT Marshall with the, e, uh, the EBD claw. Yeah. Everybody dies claw. Uh, and that's when when this turned into Angle Central. So Britt Baker, pissed off, jumps the rail and lays out Brandy with a DDT. The move of one Jake Roberts, which I thought was a nice touch. She tossed Brandy in the ring and here comes Jake Roberts. Roberts puts a snake onto Brandy and then like... Dry humps her. Yeah, it was real (laughs) awkward. It was very uncomfortable. The snake stuff, fine. You know, that's 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 his bit. That's, you know, a good callback to the good old days. But, like, straight up laying on top of her and, like, writhing? Yeah. My, my thought process was when I was watching it, and, and, and I may be giving Jake far too much credit, is he was trying to, like, move his body like a snake. But because he's all broken, it 
came out <laughs> that way. But seizing on top of her. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was not a good look. It was no. not a good look at all. Um, Didn't so, care for that part. Yeah. But the story was there. And, yeah, the story you know, was there. and Except and they, for the fact that Cody didn't come out to, to well, her rescue. They did explain that oh, the backstage yeah. area was far enough away that you had to take a golf cart. And Cody tweeted something about being in the showers. Um, and I think Why would gonna... you take a shower during your wife's segment? Fair Even point. in kayfabe, that's stupid. Fair point. Oh, what'd you think of the match? Oh, yeah, sorry. I was having a crank in the shower. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fucking. Whoa. Just... The hell was that? I just knocked some frames over by accident. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Sorry, I didn't mean, didn't mean to make you laugh that hard, but <laughs> the thought of Cody cranking in the shower really got to you, huh? Yeah, apparently. Apparently. Yeah. Trying to wash that neck head off. <laughs> um, out damn skull, out, I say. So since we were heading to the main event, we got, uh, we got the uh, match announcement train with a little bit of a promo in between. So double or nothing uh, officially announced as John Moxley versus Brody Lee for the AEW title. Cody versus Archer in the finals for the TNT championship. Jungle Boy versus MJF and a casino ladder match with the winner getting an AEW title shot. So it's their money in the bank. Um, right. All announced for double or nothing. Could be good. Could be interesting. I, I'm, I'm especially intrigued to see who gets into the casino ladder match. Yeah, uh, who will be available too? Because they're still running at about I don't know fifty, sixty percent of uh, roster capacity. I, I think due it's a to bit some foreigners. Than that. I think well, yeah. So right now, the people who they don't have are um, Penta see. Phoenix well, Neville. They have or, uh, Phoenix. Pack. They have Phoenix. Oh, Phoenix is there. Phoenix lives in the states now. Um, he lives in Southern California, just outside the Mexico line, and he posted on Instagram about flying in. So uh, he might be on dynamite next week. Okay. But Penta's in Mexico. Pac is in England. Mm -hmm. um, there's uh, quite a few female talents who are out of the country. Right. Um, and hangman page and the bucks seem to be staying at home. Right. But beyond well, I know that, Nick, Nick has a newborn. Yeah. So that makes, or is it Nick or is it Matt? It's Nick, right? It's Nick. Yeah, because uh, Matt's wife is the head of uh, right, Miss Massey. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think everybody else was there, uh, which bodes oh, well. Okay. Um, because uh, after a brief interview with Darby Allen backstage, where Darby Allen just ignored what Taz had to say, uh, we got you mean the, Do Dobby Allen? Yeah, hey, hey Dobby. Um, Dobby. He's always going to be there to protect Harry Potter is Darby Allen, Dobby yes. Allen. Uh, we got the announcement for what Dynamite will be next week. Brody Lee versus Christopher Daniels. MJF will be in action. We got Jurassic Express versus the best friends. Hikaru Shida versus Britt Baker versus Chris Statlander versus Penelope Ford in a four-way where I assume the winner will get a shot against Nyla Rose, double or nothing. Chris Jericho versus Pineapple Pete and a Jake Roberts Lance Archer promo where I assume Cody will come out to raise some hell and talk some shit. And then they announce uh, since the tag match. Did I text you about that? Yes, they have announced subsequently there will be a tag match. Proud and powerful against that's right. Matt Hardy and Kenny Omega. Yes, that's right. Which spurns from the main event, which was next, which yes. was a street fight between uh, one Kenneth Omega and a broken Matt Hardy versus Le Sex Gods, Chris Yeriko and Sammy Yavara. Yes. Soft J's. Soft yes. And J's. 
Ladies and gentlemen, if you've never seen anything from the professional wrestling promotion DDT, great news. You have a taste of it now. Because this was just one of the most ridiculous, silly, and crazy matches on American television of the past 10 years. Uh, It was so much fun. Ridiculous amounts of fun. Uh, Credit to uh, pretty much everybody for coming dressed for a street fight, uh, including uh, Omega and Guevara wearing jeans with their... uh, their knee elbow pads over. or their yeah. knee pads over it. Yeah. Nice touch. Nice touch. Um, it started out as just a full on brawl and it just went crazier from there, including not one, but two costume changes for Matt Hardy. He yep. came out as broken Matt. He mm-hmm. got beaten down and then came out as 90s style Matt Hardy. Right. Complete with Jinko pants. Jinko's and shiny shirt. Yes. And then after being placed in an ice cooler, came out uh-huh. as Damascus. Right. Fantastic. Very silly. Very, very yeah. silly. Not quite the Lake of Reincarnation, but we'll take it. I yes. think the ice was made from water from the Lake of Reincarnation. That so is. that's kind of how that happened. Um, also, throughout the course of this, we had a, a big table uh, spot with Matt Hardy as 90s uh, Hot Topic Matt yeah. jumping off a ladder through uh, a table holding Sammy Guevara with a splash, which was good. Yes. Um, Hager was around everything as well as part of the inner circle helping out. We had a bag of ice used as a weapon, which was Mm -hmm. pretty fantastic. We had one of those plastic um, uh, uh, slippery when wet signs used as a weapon. Uh, Traffic cones used as weapons. And as a hat. And as a hat. And as a hat. Yes, correct. (laughs) And we had uh, just – Basically, all the um, sort of backs, not backstage, uh, uh, concourse uh, goods used. Yes. Uh, you know, you had uh, uh, doors, like the metal uh, door thing. Yeah, I don't know yeah. what you call it. I, I, I know what you mean. But what was interesting was, and I didn't realize this, the concourse of Daly's Place goes right into uh, the Jacksonville Jaguar Stadium. Yeah. So at a point, you're looking, you're like, oh, wait, you can actually see the stadium from the concourse, which came into play a little bit later. Um, But really the highlight and the bit that has gone completely viral was, uh, and it's a shame because also Kenny Omega did a fucking moonsault off of a scissor lift uh, of scissor lift that had to be easy 10 feet up, if not 15. Uh, It was a beautiful moonsault too. And Um, Matt got the, got the worst of it too, unfortunately. He did. He did. But the highlight was this, um, they uh, uh matt hardy grabbed a golf cart and then kenny omega hopped in on the passenger side and they decided to chase down jericho and guevara yeah. jericho taking a polite little bump from the golf cart and sammy guevara while kenny omega was pointing at him like a crazy person yes. got absolutely fucking murdered by this golf cart yeah he suicided himself by leaping at the perfect time and essentially banging his head on the uh on the the post on the on the golf yes. cart it looked brutal thankfully he's okay but man that was just it was absurd in yeah. the funnest way possible yeah uh Guevara, of course, posting on Thursday morning, you ever wake up and feel like you got hit by a car? 
the the freeze frame of you know Guevara running, looking terrified. Uh, Matt Hardy's hair blowing in the wind of driving this golf car, and Kenny Omega pointing out the side. Did he have a baseball bat at the time or something like that? Was he pointing at him with something? He was just I don't pointing. Remember. With, he was just pointing. Like he, the he was just gun pointing at him, yeah. like I'm gonna get you, sucker. And yeah. then they run him down. It was, it was absurd theater at its best it whereas the carrying cross shit uh was at its worst this was at its best yes um so in terms of the finish uh omega went for a one wing angel on jericho this caused santana and ortiz the best the best the best the best to pop up right in a for wild pound and powerful has appeared yes they ran in for the save, then Hager, Santana, and Ortiz hit a triple powerbomb on Hardy through a table, which looked ugly, but yeah. not as ugly as a triple powerbomb uh, that Omega took onto the roof of the golf cart, which, good God. Uh, yeah. And then very, very quickly, as you could hear audible <laughs> like countdowns being said, yeah. Jericho hits Omega with a Judas effect. There's a quick pin from both Jericho and Guevara. And then the closing shot was the inner circle posing in front of the scoreboard in the stadium as the inner circle name appears in the Jaguar stadium. That was a beautiful sh- a shot as well. That was yeah. pretty, uh, pretty fantastic. And kudos to Jericho for directing traffic there. Cause uh, yeah. you could, you could see him like get the cue from whomever uh, and then tell them, tell Hager and PMP to go to the finish. Yeah. Uh, that was, that was, that was some good stuff. And, and a fun little bit from the post show is just uh, fight.tv, of course, because they run during commercials and sometimes audio is up when it shouldn't be and that sort of thing. Um, right as the show went off the air and they faded to black, you could hear Guevara just yell, we fucking did it! <laughs> <laughs> All these little kids are SOBs. Uh, not quite Gabo levels, but yeah, that's pretty great. I would have been excited too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just Just a really, really great fun match fun show like it, yeah. it, it, i i remember texting you earlier and i was like oh my god everyone's there they're all back <laughs> like it, it just it just felt good um when it went backstage and everybody was kind of clustered around each other that felt a little uncomfortable um but other than that it was just like ah this was the, the shot in the arm of pro wrestling i needed I remember the feeling after finishing the show yeah. and it was just a very, I was, I was entertained. It was, it was fun. Um, it had memorable moments. It built towards the future. There was a lot of, a lot of great stuff in that show. And that's how I want to feel after watching a, a wrestling show. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, it was very, very good. I hope that uh, enthusiasm remains uh, through the next few weeks. Uh, of TV and, and I hope that enthusiasm remains for double or nothing um, because and let's be honest, this looks like this is going to be the way professional wrestling from these two companies will exist for the next year. Um, uh, at least through the end of the year, because um, things aren't looking better, but you know what? So long as the wrestling can remain fun, we're going to have fun continuing to do the show as we approach almost an hour and a half Holy time. shit. Yeah. Stop, the, stop the fucking show. The Rough House Podcast is a weekly podcast. Follow us at Rough House SGW on Twitter and Facebook.com slash The Rough House Podcast. 
become a donor to The Rough House at patreon.com slash The Rough House Podcast. And check out our videos at youtube.com backslash channel backslash capital U C E G J 2 1 N lowercase W capital G lowercase K capital P M lowercase L capital D N 7 lowercase C 3 lowercase R lowercase F U V Q. This is the, the Rough House, Rough House uh, podcast with Justin and Christoph. That's it. Fuck Christoph. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Justin and my least favorite man on the planet, Christoph. And Marty? The preceding presentation was brought to you by The Realm Network. Life is too short for you to live bland. Hello, this is Sean Connery for the Rough House Podcast's new sponsor, Cesaro Spice. Add a little Cesaro to the situation and spice it up a little. Bitch wife making that bland bitch chili of hers? A pinch of Cesaro Spice will add that necessary zing to keep you from giving that whore a giant swing. Cesaro Spice. Stuck in traffic and the missus won't stop yammering? A sprinkle of Cesaro spice in her mouth will shut her up real good like. Shuttle up real good. Cesaro spice. Trapped in a board meeting where the boss won't stop yammering and jammering and mammering. Neutralizes bullshit with some Cesaro spice. It's essentially Old Bay, but we changed the label and... Large Swiss man. You know, like the rolls. Or sprinkling someone's eyeballs. Cesaro spice. Surprise her by laying the outer layer of one of your Trojan condoms in Cesaro Spice. Heat up that pussy with Cesaro Spice. Spicing up life's blander situations. Cesaro Spice. Snort that shit with your dickhole. <laughs>